From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. I'm Graham, VK4 Double B. This is the WIA National News Service. It is for week commencing January 8, 2012. And all points of detail, all points of contact in this edition are best found when you read the text edition. You can get that on wia.org.au. You can also subscribe for an early edition. All the details are on the wia.org.au website. Best read when you have a look at the WIA broadcast page on there. And of course, if you have any questions whatsoever, drop us an email, nationalnews at wia.org.au. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On the central coast of New South Wales, it can be heard on the CCARC VK2 RAG 2 metre repeater on 146.725 MHz at 10am every Sunday. I'm Ed, VK2 ARE. As we say, let the news begin. Alan VK2CA has let it be known VK Classifieds has a new look to welcome in 2012. It's still free and is compatible with all the latest browsers, but has many new features. One of the new features is that you can now add up to five pictures to each advert. Even video and audio files can be used. This service is free to all, but adverts to purchase amateur transmitting equipment are only permitted by licensed amateurs. Check it out at the webpage shown on wia.org.au in this week's edition of VK1 WIA National News. Thailand's famed HS0AC submerged. Thailand's worst floods in half a century have killed 610 people. Almost five months have passed since the flooding began in the northern hills, then spread slowly to inundate parts of Bangkok. At the height of the flooding, radio amateurs had roles that included helping to coordinate relief and rescue work. RAST intends to request a regulations waiver to allow importation of new HF equipment following the national disaster, given the loss of HS0AC equipment. We'll have much more on Thailand's floods in this bulletin from Jason, VK2LAW, and also Amateur Radio Newsline's Don Carlson, KQ6FM. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. We whip around Australia and we visit VK7, VK3 and VK2. In VK2, January 29, it's the regular bi-monthly event conducted by Amateur Radio New South Wales at the VK2WI site in Dural. That's 63 Quarry Road. It includes trash and treasure and exam assessments in the morning of January 29. And in the afternoon of January 29, it's the Radio Homebrew Gathering in the early afternoon. Check out the details on the Amateur Radio New South Wales website. If you only attend one radio event in 2012, then it must be the Centre Victoria Radio Fest number no. 5 at the Kyneton Racecourse on Sunday the 12th of February, just an hour from Melbourne, Ballarat and Bendigo. The biggest of its type in Victoria and the only one that's been supported by all the major commercial traders since it began in 2007. The Centre Victoria Radio Fest also offers three different ways people can sell second-hand radio equipment, accessories, non-commercial 
lots, bits and pieces. The traditional table sales continue to be popular. The other options are carboot sales or trailer and van loads. It's your choice. Add to this interesting program, including the mini lecture series, and this is truly a major event and great social occasion for anyone with an interest in radio. The Centre Victoria Radio Fest Canton Race Course on Sunday the 12th of February. I'm Bruce Lees and you're listening to VK1 WIA. VK7 and Air Services Australia Accreditation. In yet another sign of the times in which we now live, Air Services Australia has asked that the Northern Tasmania Amateur Radio Club personnel accessing the Mount Barrow site now undertake formal induction training. This is a two-step process. First, the individual needs to be formally nominated by the NTARC. Once that's achieved, the individual needs to undertake the online air services training course and then successfully complete an online examination. At that point, a temporary certificate will be issued with the definitive certificate to follow within 30 days. The better news is that the certification process is not all that arduous. NTARC has successfully nominated three members in the initial round and two of those who have sat the test promptly qualified. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. What use is an F-call? Recently I was talking to a non-amateur about amateur radio. You know the kind of conversation, sitting around a coffee table, talking about life, hobbies, etc. I mentioned I was getting out and about meeting people in amateur radio participating in events, learning and generally having a great time. The person I was talking to immediately responded with, that's all too technical for me, I could never do that, and thus began a conversation that went for an hour or so on how radio works, what wavelength and frequency were, how sound is transmitted, how an antenna works, how you get a license, how much it costs and many of the mechanics related to our hobby. At no point did we talk about ohms or impedance or electronics as such. It was more along the lines of throwing a pebble into a lake. But at the end of the discussion, there was a great deal of demystification that had taken place. It has taken a little while for me to realise, but the demystification is what hooked me in the first place. My introduction to amateur radio was sitting at a dinner table with a bunch of computer geeks, one of whom was, and still is, an amateur. I'll protect her identity. She knows who she is. Hi, hi. But the introduction to the hobby was sideways, in that we started with Wi-Fi to control a quadcopter and the potential for using an amateur radio license to increase power and control this device from further away. The quadcopter Wi-Fi project is still in the back of my mind, and I must stress that I'm not investigated in any way bands, power, etc., My point is that I came across a hobby while I was looking elsewhere. I know that some feel that our hobby is in decline, that the average age of amateurs is increasing. But I'd like to point out that we as a society are getting more and more technology in our lives, more and more exposure to ideas and inventions that have a basis in amateur radio, more and more accessible to more and more people. Our hobby isn't in decline. It's easy to talk to other amateurs. It's hard work talking to the rest of the world. Navel-gazing is less work than standing up and looking around. I'd encourage you to consider other groups you're a member of, be it sailing, caravanning, computers, golf or fishing. People are social beings. 
They want to talk about things that are new and exciting, interesting and captivating. Share your experiences around. Be as enthusiastic as you are in your shack. Share the twinkle in your eye. You might be surprised. I'm VK6, Fox Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. As VK6FLAB says, what good is an F call? Well, it sure opens the world to you. And if you're in the Sydney region, the first foundation course for 2012 ARNSW is rapidly approaching. ARNSW will conduct six foundation courses this year on Sunday of the odd months. The first will be on January the 22nd, others will be March 18, May 20, July 22nd, September 23 and November 18. Assessments will be the following Sundays. Location VK2WI at 63 Quarry Road, Dural, Sydney. Contact by email education at arnsw.org.au or telephone 0400-445-829. International news now and it's ARRL Kids Day, January 8th. The first of two Kids Day operating events for 2012 takes place today on Sunday, January 8th. Kids Day is a twice yearly on the air happening to encourage young people licensed or not to learn about our wonderful world of amateur radio and the fun it has to offer. Kids Day is not a contest, rather it's a way to tell young people worldwide about the magic and mystery of two-way hobby radio communications. To accomplish this, amateur radio stations are being asked to devote this short time window to promote both terrestrial and satellite operations to youngsters by providing a place to make contacts with other Kids Day stations around the world. The Netherlands on 4 metres this year. OZ2M reports that all radio amateurs in the Netherlands have access to the 4 metre band as of the 1st of January. The frequency allocation is 70 to 70.5 MHz with a maximum power of 50 watts. Crossband and duplex contacts are not permitted. Glenn Johnson, W0GJ. NCDXF Vice President reports and I quote Today the Northern California DX Foundation announced a Christmas gift of 500 US dollars to help rebuild and re-equip the Radio Amateur Society of Thailand's RAST HS0AC club station that was destroyed by recent flooding. RAST is a part of the Asian Technical Institute the HS0AC club station is located within the Institute precinct. For the past 40 years, NCDXF has not only been funding major D expeditions, but is also committed to education and scholarships. Ham radio groups from around the world are being asked to assist the Radio Amateur Society of Thailand, which is seeking to help rebuild its headquarters station, HS0AC. Amateur Radio Newsline's Don Carlson, KQ6FM, has the details. 
According to Dick Flanagan, K7VC in Midland, Nevada, there have already been many offers of equipment to aid the Radio Amateur Society of Thailand from members of the Northern California Contest Club. Also, Rusty Epps, W6OAT, reports that the Yasme Foundation sent the Amateur Radio Society of Thailand a $2,000 donation to assist the HS0AC rebuilding effort. But that's only the beginning of what's required to bring the station back on the air. What happened was a true tragedy which took this great station off the air. We had a chance to talk to Dick Flanagan about the situation and exactly what happened there. Dick? Thailand is no stranger to heavy rains. But this year, they were truly a disaster. As the floodwaters slowly rose, the station operators did their best to get everything put away and off the floor. But no one expected the floodwaters to keep rising until they filled the doorways and almost reached the ceilings to a depth of close to seven feet. The entire station was underwater for over five weeks. As you can imagine, the station was totally destroyed. Everything from the radios to the furniture to the QSL cards on the wall. Everything. And Flanagan says that what is probably needed most right now is someone or some organization to coordinate the assistance effort, solicit the offers, and manage the shipping and paperwork. He speculates that perhaps the administrative role could be taken on as a cooperative effort between Northern California Contest Club, the Northern California DX Club, the International DX Association, and perhaps the AWS. K7VC notes that this would be a wonderful way for individuals and clubs to express their holiday feelings of generosity to our fellow hams in need. He adds that we can use this opportunity to demonstrate to our Thai ham radio brothers and sisters what a coordinated effort can do to help them rebuild their wonderful station. Those with suggestions can contact Dick Flanagan by email to dick at k7vc.com. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Don Carlson, KQ6FM in Reno. An emergency technical development is now safe down under. This with a word from David Rowe, VK5DGR, that he has received confirmation that the Amateur Radio Codec 2 project is not controlled under Australia's Defense Strategic Goods List. For those of you who are not aware, Codec 2 is an open-source, low-bit-rate speech codec designed for communications quality audio at 2400 bits per second and below. Applications include low-bandwidth HF and VHF digital radio and VOIP trunking. Concerns had been raised that Codec 2 might be subject to Australian government restrictions. As reported in the past, some countries impose severe limitations on certain aspects of amateur radio international cooperation in the areas of technical experimentation. A good example is that of the amateur radio satellite community, which has been negatively affected by United States federal government international traffic and arms regulations. These threaten radio amateurs with heavy fines or even jail sentences if they collaborate with other radio hams in the rest of the world on certain aspects of ham radio satellite projects. It was feared that Kodak 2 might also be affected. Now, however, Rowe writes on the Kodak 2 reflector that he's received an email from the Australian agency that deals with export control. It says that the specifications of Kodak 2 have been assessed and as are not controlled under that nation's defense strategic goods list. Also, that a control status advice stating this will be released shortly. Now, while this clears the way for Australian cooperation on the Kodak 2 project, it also begs the question of what other nations might decide to place Kodak 2 under its strategically prohibited information exchange list. Now, ultimately, the amateur radio community in every nation involved in Kodak 2 and other technical development projects may have to sort this out 
on a case-by-case basis. More about Codec 2 is online at codec2.org. Hams in the city of Lahanas, Spain, are taking to Facebook in an attempt to try to retain the rights to install and maintain their antennas. Lahanas is located about 11 kilometers southwest of Spain's capital, Madrid. It's also where the city council has practically banned local radio amateurs from installing or retaining antenna systems to bring the situation to the attention of the worlds of amateur radio outside Lahanas. Hams uh, there have created a Facebook page at tinyurl.com slant Save Lahanas Antennas. The page is in Spanish, but they ask that Hams worldwide who have Facebook accounts to go to it and click the like button. The Ham Radio community of Lahanas, Spain, hopes that a large turnout of support will help convince the town council to reverse its highly restrictive rulings. More in the Spanish language is online at www.fedia, that's F-E-D-I-E-A, dot org, stroke news. Wishing everyone a happy new year. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, with links to the world from our only official website at www.arnewsline.org and being relayed by the following volunteer bulletin station. Right across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide's southern suburbs, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 2 metre repeater at 0900 hours local. I'm Steph, VK5 HSX, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2012. January 1-31, VK Rosshall Memorial VHF UHF Contest. January 14 and 15, VK Summer, VHF, UHF Field Day. Special event stations, DX and Beacon and Net Advice. Philippine Amateur Radio League 50th Anniversary Special Event. Look for Special Event Station 4G0LD to be active during 2012. Activities to celebrate the 50th Anniversary of the Philippine Amateur Radio League. QSL via the Bureau. Also, the PARL is sponsoring a commemorative diploma for amateur radio stations that have established two-way communications with at least 12 QSOs with PARL members. GB80PW, Practical Wireless, 80th Year. In the UK, Ofcom have issued the special call sign GB80PW to Practical Wireless magazine. This special call sign is to celebrate the publication's 80th year in print. DL1ZU is in Namibia through January 13th. His primary operating modes will be CW plus PSK RITI NSSB. QSL virus home call. EA1CYK stroke portable will be operational from Deception Island in the South Shetland Group during a spare time until March of 2012. He has been spotted with a good signal on 10 metres. G3SWH and G3OLU will be active from Hawaiian Resort in western Swaziland between February the 21st to the 29th. 
Propagation permitting, they plan to have two stations on the air for as many hours every day as is possible. Operation will be on CW only on 80 through 10 metres. QSL via G3SWH. Lastly, an international group of operators plan to visit Pitcairn Island and operate as VP6T between January the 20th and February the 4th. WIA National News is always wary of promoting the expeditions, but according to a web posting, the operation hope to make at least 30,000 contacts while on the island. Operations will be on 160 through 10 metres, including 30, 17 and 12 metre bands. Most to be used include CW, SSB and RITI. The VP6T log will be uploaded to Logbook of the World during the operation. QSL manager is G3TXF. In addition to the usual routes, they will also be using the new online QSL request service provided by Clublog. I mentioned how we are de-expedition wary. A reason? Well, it's now official. Sable Island expedition has been postponed. The latest update, dated December 30th, stated Sable Island CY0 de-expedition postponed due to the landing area on the island being underwater. A winter storm with 20 plus foot swells pushed water onto the sand runway. Al Wilson, the OIC on Sable, made an assessment of the landing area and there was no possibility of a flight to the island in the next five days. After that, it would depend on how quickly the water would drain from the landing area and if any other storms affect the island. At that point, they decided to postpone the de-expedition. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone Dot dash, the Gentleman Hacker, 1903 a century ago, one of the world's first hackers used Morse code insults to disrupt a public demonstration of Marconi's wireless telegraph. Late one June afternoon in 1903, a hush fell across the expectant audience in the Royal Institution's Lecture Theatre in London. Before the crowd, the physicist John Ambrose Fleming was adjusting arcane apparatus as he prepared to demonstrate an emerging technological wonder. A long-range wireless communication system developed by his boss, the Italian radio pioneer Guglielmo Marconi. Yet before the demonstration could begin, the apparatus in the lecture theatre began to tap out a message. At first it spelled out just one word repeated over and over. Then it changed into a poem accusing Marconi of diddling the public. Their demonstration had been hacked, and this was more than 100 years before the mischief playing out on the internet today. Who was the Royal Institution hacker? How did the cheeky messages get there? And why? Read the full article in New Scientist online. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Enningham. Media Watch. And again, time to take a look at ourselves. Why do we keep old broadcasts available on the WIA web? And does anybody access these older broadcasts? Yes, they do. We are holding and make available to everybody VK1 WIA National News Services from 2012 back to and including 2009. Now the highest download of audio since 2009 happened to be July 19, 2009 with some 1,220 playbacks. The highest read of the text edition was in July, July the 12th, 2009 with some 2,500 downloads of the text edition. Now, 
When a new rebroadcaster comes online, they are encouraged to subscribe to the WIA broadcasters at yahoogroups.com web service. Twice a week I receive emails, the first is posted detailing that week's news broadcast, the duration and where the audio can be downloaded from. The second email is a detailed tally sheet from all the official rebroadcast stations across VK. And remember, the only rebroadcast stations of this news shown on the WIA Where to Hear Us webpage are the ones regularly sending us the number of callbacks each week. If you wish to join and are a rebroadcaster, then drop us an email now to nationalnews at wia.org.au. Also, when sending national news material, please read the How to Submit items on the weekly news page at wia.org.au. And don't just send us URLs or photographs, etc., but post your audio onto the news area and send us by email the text edition. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, visualising HF propagation. Mike Clark, VP8 DMH at the Halley Research Station in Antarctica, has been using Whisper and Video to produce a simple visualisation of HF propagation. He's been running Whisper using his FT817 at 5 watts, connected to one of the base antennas, running on each band of interest for just over 24 hours. Then a relatively straightforward Perl script automates the process of merging the database downloaded from whispernet.org into a single virtual day and creating the video. Narrowband ATV video. Chris Long, VK3AML, has produced a YouTube video showing amateur radio narrowband TV, which uses just 10 kHz of bandwidth. Chris starts with a raw and rather fuzzy 32-line image generated within a 10 kHz bandwidth, and then improvements are introduced. Firstly, raising gamma to improve grayscale. Secondly, sharpening applied to the webcam software prior to standards conversion to 32 lines. And thirdly, high-frequency boosting of the 32-line wave file after standards conversion by applying the FFT protocol in Adobe Audition version 3 software. The standards conversion freeware necessary for converting video, AVI or webcam to 32-line NBTV pictures can be found on Gary Millard's webpage. Read the text edition on wia.org.au for the URLs and further information. Gary's software is excellent and has been used for excellent effect by the Narrowband Television Association for several years. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier Chicken Little Contest Update Now that RSAT1 is in its last days, the Chicken Little Contest website has been updated to include the individual submissions in each category nearest to the likely re-entry time so you can see how you're doing compared to the competition. It appears that the submissions are sufficiently spread out that AMSAT will be able to determine unique winners in each category. However, you can help with this by keeping the telemetry submissions coming. Space Command does not maintain precise tracking and impact prediction for minor spacecraft, and a small satellite is considered to have re-entered when three consecutive tracking stations fail to acquire it, which leaves a considerable window. While the formal last telemetry contest is only open to submission through the telemetry programs, do keep listening and note the time and place when you hear it last. 
After it has been confirmed to have re-entered, the last reception including voice and CW may help narrow that window unless transmissions cease significantly before re-entry. Creation of AMSAT Francophone A new amateur radio satellite organisation, AMSAT Francophone, has been formed. Following the disappearance of AMSAT France a few months ago, some of the members who originally created AMSAT France 16 years ago thought that it was still necessary to have a structure for the French amateur space activities and they've created AMSAT Francophone. And to find the AMSAT Francophone website in English, simply Google AMSAT Francophone. Finally, Trevor, M5AKA, says that FunCube's launch details and time have been finalised. An agreement has now been reached with ISIS Launch Services BV, who are based in the Netherlands, for them to provide the launch for FunCube 1 CubeSat. It's anticipated that FunCube 1, which has been created by a team of volunteer radio amateurs and other specialists over the past two years, will be launched in the third quarter of 2012. The flight is planned to take place from the Yanzi Launch Facility in southern Russia. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN. Reporting from Melbourne. A quick look at the social scene. January. January 23 to Feb 17 is the World Radio Conference Geneva. February 4 in VK4, the Bunya Mountains and District Amcom Incorporated Ham and Wine Fest. February 12, VK3, Centre Victoria Ham Fest at Kiton Racecourse. The Central Coast Amateur Radio Club's Wyong Field Day in VK2 happens February 26. And the Sewing Circle Net... Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross is March 18 and WIA's National Field Day is April 14 to 15. Now, don't forget, send us your news as soon as you can. We don't actually broadcast cut-off dates or deadlines because we've found over the past that if we say, right, uh, send us all your material by 5 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, that's when everybody sends it in and it makes life just a little bit hard. So, the sooner you get it to us, the more likelihood it will appear in the very next edition of WIA National News. And for those of you who regularly send material this coming week, just send it a little earlier than normal. Okay, we'll see you next week. Till then, walk softly. We've reported, you decide. 